Welcome back to We're Not the Same. I'm Brian here with my beautiful wife, Katie, and we are back. And today we're going to be talking about doctoring yourself, the risks and benefits of that, how to do it, why to do it, all the things. So thank you guys for being here. Leave us five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on, and let's dive in. So this topic basically just kind of popped into my head one day. A lot of times when I'm just on social media or just driving in the car or something, like something pops into my head and then I write it in my phone. Like, oh, we should talk about that. Thank goodness you do. Since yeah, you seem to be forgetting I them. definitely I have forget. a new podcast episode idea. Cool. What is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, I wrote it down though. Yes. Luckily, I do write it down. Learned my lesson because there have been probably a few that were just those were the ideas that were going to make us take off and they're just gone forever. Oops. They'll come <laughs> back. So today talking about doctoring yourself, the risks and benefits, pros and cons, you know, what does it mean to doctor yourself and basically just all the things that go with that. And we're talking more than putting a bandaid on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> with this topic, talking more specifically about more chronic illnesses i guess you would call it or, or ailments that you're dealing with not like oh you have a cold you have a flu you have a virus you have something like that these like, are I more yeah chronic talk, illnesses yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah this mean, isn't just your elderberries and stuff to get over sicknesses this is like your ibs's and your you know anxiety when you have, and yeah yeah all the things where you go to the doctor over and over again and they don't have really a solution for you or the things that they do prescribe or the things that they do have you try don't have any effect and you're still struggling with them. Yeah, because we've both had our different experiences with that of going to not just conventional doctors, but specialists, more supposedly holistic doctors and different things and just not getting anywhere basically with that. And so then that's how we got on this journey of doctoring ourselves and all that. One of the things I wanted to talk about was with social media. And I want to do a whole topic on social media because I have a lot to say about that in general. But um, and being like an influencer, air quotes, influencer, creator, whatever you want to, word you want to use. But for this episode, I think in social media, specifically Instagram for me, that's my main drug of choice. Um <laughs> that has been an integral part of learning a lot of new things. But you also have to be careful because at the end of the day, literally anyone could go on and put together an infographic and, you know, as much as they like to pretend they have these fact checkers, they're not actually checking the facts of anything that, you know, matters and they're never correct if they were anyways. But, um, you know, so you, you do have to take everything with a grain of salt and do your own research outside of social media but what kind of one of the things that kind of hurt me like it didn't hurt me but it just was something I had to figure out was I was seeing a lot of posts about two different things estrogen dominance and like liver issues that I was seeing over and over and over again people talking about listing off symptoms that were matching you know things that I was experiencing with estrogen dominance and then like liver issues and so, you know, you start believing that that's what's wrong with you. And so then you're going down a path of doing things that can help to 
you know, heal those problems. But the whole time, never actually like testing and knowing that that's what's wrong with you. And so eventually got to a point where I realized I need to be doing tests and not just making assumptions based off of a list of symptoms because you start to realize that a lot of issues lead to the same symptoms. You know, a lot of things can cause anxiety. A lot of things can cause fatigue and hair loss and, you know, all those sorts of things. So um, there's two different tests that I did. And so the first one is called the Dutch test, and that is to test all your hormones. And so I think I mentioned that on Instagram or mentioned something about testing hormones and I got a lot of questions and then I've never gone back and talked about it. So this is it. If you're interested in learning about the Dutch test, um, it stands for like dry urine something test. Um, and you basically, there's a couple different ones, but if you do the most complete one, you at a certain time during your cycle, you do like four, I think urine samples throughout the day um, and send it in. And like, it's amazing how much they figure out from pee on a paper. <laughs> <laughs> But through doing that, I learned that I do not have estrogen dominance at all. I have more the opposite okay. issue of more testosterone, but it was just a good thing to look into and figure out some of those answers. So I recommend that for women. Yes, it's expensive, um, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what to tell people with the cost. Like, stuff is expensive and you just have to decide if you're worth it. And I think you're worth it. So, and I feel like, too, the first step I feel like before even diving into this is the, all the stuff that we've talked about in the past. Like, I think the healthy eating and all of that is like where you start before oh, anything yeah. else, because I feel like you have to do that first because that's that is going to solve a lot of issues. But then if you get all the way through that and, you know, you don't have to be 100%, but, you know, 80, 20 or 90, 10 like for a extended period of time, that's going to solve a lot of problems. But if you're still having problems after that, I think that's when that comes into like, okay, what are my next steps? And I think that's where we, yeah. that's where 100%. I was at when I was doing the testing was after, you know, we had kind of been down this journey, felt like had tried everything and, you know, you see it's some improvement, but then, you know, like there's still some issues that you just are like, what the heck? Like, why isn't this happening? And then you get to a point where you're spending all this money on different supplements and you're taking supplements and you know are they doing anything are these right whatever and so put some of that money put some supplements on pause and use that budget to pay for some testing to make sure that you're actually like doing things that are going to be beneficial for you and so that's the other thing too well let me talk about the other test so then the other test that i did because i started convincing myself that i had a liver issue mm -hmm. um because you used to, you used to have a liver as you got, when you got off. Uh, well, the that's birth my birth control. control story, which that's another episode we need to do is yes. that birth control literally destroyed my liver. Like yep. it was non-functioning. Um, and then luckily it did heal itself, which is God miraculous. Is yes. Thank you, God. And has been okay ever since. And it's still okay. Actually doing phenomenal. Shout out to my liver. <laughs> <laughs> But I had convinced myself that I was somehow having these liver issues. And so even though we we're taking beef liver for like a year straight, I was like, I could not possibly have liver issues. Yes. And sure enough, my, my liver is great. Um, so shout out to beef liver capsules too. <laughs> but um, the Quest Diagnostics, which you probably, if you've ever had blood work done. It's either Quest or LabCorp. 
Yeah, Those like you've two. probably heard of Quest. So you now can actually, through Quest, order your own lab work. And so that's amazing. I love that. I like, know. A la carte. And it, it's really not that expensive. It's very affordable. So you can just go online and like order your test, schedule your appointment. You go in, do it, and then you get the results, you know, from that. And so I did several panels of blood work to just get some answers on things, check everything out. And, you know, that was helpful to me to be able to see and to just give me <laughs> some comfort to know like, okay, you don't actually have a liver issue. Yep. And that's the thing too. Like if you go for an annual visit or whatever, they do your blood work, you might be thinking, well, I don't need blood work because I get this blood work done. Well, first of all, what they do at an annual exam is usually just a CBC which does not have all of the testing. Yeah, if they're good at all, they should do the metabolic panel too. Mm. Like those two, the CBC and then the metabolic panel. But anything beyond that, yeah. they don't do. Well, I was thinking, I guess, specifically about the liver. So there was like additional, additional like bundle of tests that I bought through Quest that was like specifically for testing liver function and, and their iron. kidney function and iron and all this. So you can order those additional things even if you're already getting some blood work done. And that's the other thing that you can look up too is whenever I search a medical question on a Google or a DuckDuckGo, I always add holistic to the end or the beginning. Or sometimes that's I add traditional Chinese medicine to the end. Um, and then you're going to actually like see the test, the results that you're looking for. Because if you just type, you know, anything in, you're going to get the conventional answer, which is yes. what you are trying to avoid in the first place. So anyways, if you look up holistic, you know, blood work uh, results or ranges, ranges, yes, you'll be able to find and read about the difference between normal blood work results and optimal blood work results. So when you get your blood results from Quest or from wherever, there's that range, right? You're either the red or the green. So their green range, 95% of people fit into that green range. So if you're outside of that, like you're doing pretty bad. And this is where it comes in. You always hear people say, oh, my doctor said my blood work looks fine. Well, this is why, because 95% of people are going to fall into all the green ranges and they're going to be quote unquote fine. And we know 95% of people aren't healthy. Right. Like do you look at 95% of Americans. Is that who you, you know, want to be investing <laughs> yourself off of? So the optimal range, I mean, Based on what I was looking at, it's pretty much the middle. I mean, that makes sense the sure. statistically, mathematically, <laughs> the middle of the range. So if you're if you're looking and you're right down the middle of all these, um, then then you're good. But you can look up the actual optimal ranges to see where you fall for different things. So that was really helpful to me when I was looking at my blood work results. Yep. But the other thing I was going to say is like, don't do testing if it's going to make you crazy. I don't I don't know how to phrase it, but like you have to do testing for things with a mindset of like this is a one piece of a puzzle, you know, and on this journey just trying to gather information and not looking for like I don't know, just some sort of label or something. Yeah, it is dangerous cuz then yeah, and, and and blood work is pretty low risk, right? Because it's it's just taking blood. Um, but like as you start thinking about like X-rays and CAT scans and MRIs and all that, you're exposing yourself to a lot more things that can do harm to your body 
than just, you know, taking some some blood from your arm. Yeah. But having said that, like I went down that route because I was at the time, like, you know, we've mentioned on the podcast before, like my mom passed away young, uh, like in her early thirties, um, due to cancer. So like I, you know, obviously had those fears. So like I wanted to make sure I went down the testing route to make sure that I didn't have something like a cancer thing growing. Um, now part of that, I was able to align with like our pregnancies and stuff so that, and this is kind of a trick, right? If you have heavy medical expenses in a certain year, you'll often hit like a pregnancy or something, your max out of pocket, um, which basically means once you hit your max out of pocket, like any other medical procedures that you have are completely covered by insurance. So um, I was just joking about this with my my coworkers. It's test for you, test for you, test for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no there's no cost for you. So um, yeah, that's anyway. true. That's a life hack. Yes, but you have to be careful because you are like those things are exposing yourself to radiation and, and all of those things as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, you you want to be the purpose of this is not to cause more anxiety. It's to point you to a position of somewhere you can actually focus on adjusting and changing um, to get yourself better. So I think there are some folks who will say it's better not to test because it causes you more anxiety. But I'm certainly in the boat of tar- getting yourself to be able to do targeted treatments to help solve a problem. Yeah, I think, you know, like in my case, if I never did any tests, then I would be self-treating issues that I don't have and potentially like making myself even worse off than I was. So it can be important to do. Yep. Just want to reiterate, do the healthy food eating first and then do this. Because I feel like if you try to start diagnosing yourself and stuff, like a lot of the problems could be coming from processed foods and seed oils and like the bad stuff first, like get that out of your system and then see, yeah. see what's still not running optimally. Cause then that's something that you should probably spend a little more time on. Yep. So I feel like everybody listening to this podcast already knows this, but just in case <laughs> talking about like, why would you even need to doctor yourself? Like why not just go to a doctor and hmm. have them tell you what's wrong? So obviously we have found over the recent years that just any old doctor's office that you walk into is not necessarily going to be providing the best information and and the best solutions. Um, You can get Band-Aid fixes of prescriptions um, at best, I feel, in most doctor's offices. So that's where you get to a point or just being gaslit enough times in the doctor's office where they just tell you nothing's wrong with you or, you know, I feel like every single time I've ever had an issue and I go to a doctor, they act as though I'm the first person that's ever come in with this issue. And I just can't like understand how that's just statistically possible. I know it isn't. So I don't know if that's like some act that they teach in medical school of like oh just pretend just make them feel crazy like pretend like you've never heard anybody else you know had this issue before (laughs) give them no compassion or commiseration whatsoever yeah that's how it feels so you just get to a point where you start learning this holistic health and alternative um medicine which is not alternative traditional medicine i like to say and you realize that's not what you're getting when you go into a western medicine doctor's office so and again often not because these people are bad people or don't want to may help people and make things better it's literally what 
just like all of us were brought up. The schools are funded by pharmaceutical companies, so they learn like it's just Oh, you just you just triggered me. This has like been bothering me this week specifically. Okay. I I understand you triggered. (laughs) Triggered. So woke. I know what you're saying, and I've said that myself too, but I'm I'm sick of it. You know, I'm sick of it. So what you're taught in medical school, that's for your 50-year career as a doctor. You know, that's it. That's all you've got. That's the best you've got. You don't ever do continuing research. You don't look into things. You don't read the literature. Like No, like they're going to read the literature that, no, I, I think doctors continue to learn, and uh, good doctors at least continue to learn, but they're going to continue to learn the things that it's still stemming from the same system. But this day and age, that's, I'm sorry, that's unacceptable. It's not an excuse. Well, and now after COVID, even, they should be waking up. Even before COVID, look at your patients. Are they getting better? No, they're not. Look at America. How are you a doctor in America and you think that like things are going well? Well, I mean, you do Wake see. Wake up, look around, smell the coffee and get off your butt. It's literally your job. I'm assuming you went into medicine because you wanted to help people. I'll try doing that. Fair. Sorry. I just heard that on a podcast. Like, oh, well, they're just so busy. They don't have time to look into it. Well, BS. Too well, freaking yeah, that's, bad. That's We're like all busy. Job. It's literally your job. I know you're busy. You have a lot to do. Too freaking bad. I was going to say, especially with COVID now and like it all coming out that a lot of the conspiracy theorists um, were right. Like you would think that would wake more doctors up who were just blindly following um, the science of the CDC. And and I think it probably has for some. I wouldn't I know because so I don't go to those doctors anymore. But that's the other thing that you can work to do, which it it's just really hard. It, it's really hard to, to crack the code at first. But then once you do, you're kind of like in this new bubble of and that's finding like-minded doctors, finding medical freedom doctors, finding doctors that actually do what I'm saying where they like are constantly learning new things and looking into new things and assessing how their patients are and, you know, basing how they're doing off of that. Like I'm pretty sure it's in Japan maybe where they pay the doctors when they're well and then they stop paying when they get sick. Oh, nice. And the doctors start get paid again when, when they're healthy again. That, makes like, more sense. that just makes a whole lot more sense. But Well, that's like a lot of the doctors. There's a doctor here who's now had his license removed and all that during COVID because he was doing that. Like he was trying to see what was effective with COVID and like prescribing the ivermectin. And he was seeing crazy results of like saving people's lives left and right. Like wow. dramatic and of course, he was in, like shut down and massive lawsuits against him and having his license revoked and all of that. Uh, and he's fighting, obviously, all those those back now. But that's, you know, he finding a result that's of his very risk. safe like drug that has, you know, been around for a really long time and actually tested and all these things, you know, not that that's the only way to have fought COVID, but certainly something that would have saved hundreds of thousands of lives um, without question. And there's tons of stories of... um of folks who, you know, were in the hospitals and asking for ivermectin and then were laughed out or kicked out or, um, just denied, just totally denied. So it's very sad. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, the best ways to do that are 
really looking online or through word of mouth. There's Facebook groups. I know we're in Central Florida and there's like a crunchy Central Florida group or something where people <laughs> ask for recommendations and stuff. So you just have to do the work and that's what it is. It's work, you know, but it's also work to stay not feeling your best and to stay chronically ill. So and I think, if you go, you know, it's choose your hard sort of a thing. And I think something that we haven't done in the past that we've talked about that we're excited to start because we found one is like, I think it is good to have like a primary care doctor who really has your history and like knows who you are and shares your same beliefs. So we obviously have exited the world of Maine healthcare, mm-hmm. um, but I we still want to have a doctor that is, you know, more holistic minded and can can journey along with us and know our background and that we have over our, an extended period of time because I think it's good to have someone to uh, you know bounce ideas off of, and we certainly have that with our chiropractor, um, but we also want to have that you know with somebody else as well. So I think it's it's good for to do the research, look at their website. Like that's the clearest thing. Like all the doctors' offices has have websites. And they'll have it about me or whatever. And you can clearly see if they're one part of big medical groups, like if they're part of big medical groups, that's probably a red flag that they're not going to be following more holistic or open to different ideas. Maybe not 100%, but that's a clear red flag. If they have their own small practice and like, yeah, that, that's a good place to start. And a lot of times places will be like pay out of pocket or sort of a, yep. a more of a, like a membership fee where you pay monthly that you know, if they don't accept insurance and I, I feel like not incept, accepting insurance is a good oh, for sure. sign. Obviously it stinks because like we still pay for insurance, more of a catastrophic sort of a policy at this point. And then we just pay out of pocket for everything else. But some do. I mean, there are some who, who do take insurance that are more holistically minded. Um, but yeah, that is true. If you do find ones that don't take insurance, there's a reason they don't take insurance. It's because yeah. they don't want to be tied to the rules, the, the rules that insurance <laughs> companies make. The other thing you can do if you find somebody online, you can call and just ask questions and just be bold, right? Like just be upfront, be bold with your questions because why do you want to tiptoe around it and then eventually find out that they don't see things the way that you do and then you wasted time and money to go and be seen and find out then that it's not a good fit. Somewhat unrelated to this, but it is funny once you wake up and you you so woken up that you really start to see how bad or like just how it's almost laughable how like programmed everybody is. And you we see it in the medical field, but we see it even more like we came across and watched like at your mom's. There was some TV that was on that was like the news. Mm. And it's like you were describing like, it is so painfully obvious that this is all fake. propaganda, fake stuff to show you like what they want you to show. Just, you can like just tell that what they're saying yeah, is scripted and, you know, like what it's just not genuine. You know, I don't know. I guess I used to think the news was genuine. <laughs> yeah. Or at least like we're, you know, getting facts and stuff. So I remember. <sighs> so when you like a couple of months ago. Brian had a little accident where he almost cut his finger off. And so he had to, he (laughs) did have to get a a surgery for that. And when we were sitting in that waiting room, the news was on and we were just like, what? And I guess we were kind of making faces or making expressions or something. And another lady in the waiting room was like agreeing with us. And we were like, oh, I thought we were being subtle, but I guess not. (laughs) That's also the time we went to the ER, two different ERs. And when we were sitting in the second ER waiting room, 
super late at night. We met oh, yeah. this guy next to us who like believed everything we were believed. Like he was it, more it, of a conspiracy theorist than we are. Yeah, he like yeah, something. it was crazy. He like stood up to like cops and stuff. Or like it was a different storyline, but like yeah. all sorts of crazy stuff and we just happened to meet him in the er made but our yeah. like eight hours of waiting go by a little faster because yeah. unfortunately apparently, cutting yeah. your finger is not that much of an emergency cutting it half off is not an emergency apparently yeah don't try to separate frozen hamburgers with a knife yes long story short also apparently be careful with avocados they see that a lot yeah. too it wasn't even like a knife like a sharp knife it was, it was a butter knife or like it was, I mean, like, it was like a table knife a table knife yeah yeah just I was trying to separate just them the and force. put and then just the force and my oh. hand was on the other side. So nightmares. Yeah. Nightmares. It's still like a hundred percent. But anywho. Those are the things like we go back and forth on this. Like there are some people who believe and it's true because they've had the experiences with like their Achilles tendon and other things that have like ripped or almost fully ripped and like they don't go get anything yeah, done. Do and it heals. For me, this was like a severed like completely severed tendon yeah. maybe it would have been okay i don't know for me this is this where is like, like a, an accident you know this yes. wasn't like i don't know what scenario else that could happen but it's like literally a knife cut it so that's not really yeah. something god was planning for <laughs> you know it's like our human well and to me too it's like one of the things that's common sense so like if you sever it you're, you know your tendons are under a lot of tensile or a lot of uh, uh, tension because it's attached to your muscles so like if you cut it it's going to be naturally pulling on it and it could like pull up and so like i don't know we got the surgery or i got the surgery and it was fine. with no anesthesia heck yeah i kept saying like they're like okay we're gonna put you under and i was like do we have to do it without you know, like going under and the nurses were like yeah you have to go under and then like they got the doc because i kept insisting and they like pulled the doctor in and he was like no nah, he doesn't need to go under like great <laughs> thank you like so, if you can lay still yeah, he's like you just have to be you just have to be still. Same thing at the dentist. Like you don't have to get the anesthesia unless you're like somebody's really nervous or you're gonna like flip out or move around too much or like if it's like more serious procedure. But and they kept asking me all the way to the ER, like all the way in the OR, like this is all pre prep. And then we went to the OR and they were getting me, you know, the nurses were getting me prepped and getting the anesthesiologist was there and all that. And I was like, I'm not doing general. He's just doing thing. And they're like, they had to they got all in a tizzy and they had to wait for the doctor to get there. Um, and he's like, no, it's fine. We'll just do local. Um, and then they tried to like cover me up like fully so that I couldn't <laughs> watch. And I'm like, I have no problem watching. And the doctor kept saying like, it's okay. It can be uncovered. And the nurses like covered me again. <laughs> and the doctor's like, and just, you know, the big sheet over me. I'm like, this is, this is real. You know, my arms off to the side. Like, so thankfully the doctor was open to letting me do what I want. Um, so I was just like talking to him as he was, you know, had my fingers open on the table, <laughs> stretching my tendons and stitching me up. Not for everybody, but like, yeah, some people definitely cannot <laughs> handle that. But, you know, you could go in there and, and still be, you know, the point of covering is so you don't, you know, see all the blood and all that good stuff. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if you don't want it, just say, just say it. Like, like if, if you absolutely have to have it, they're not going to let you not have it. Yeah. You know, like with anything. Yeah. So they just did a bunch of like lidocaine shots all in my finger and around and um, didn't feel a thing. You're a trooper. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we don't have any more of those instances that we have to deal with. Oh my goodness. So I just want to go circle back. Circle back. Bring it home. Make, it, make you feel comfortable like you're in your, your office environment. Let's circle back. <laughs> All the jargon. Let's circle back. Let's look at a 30,000 foot level. <laughs> High level. Yeah. Anyways. 
I wanted to talk about the social media thing again because I think it's just really important. This is a trap that I found that I had fallen into of allowing people to make rules for my life that they're not necessarily following in their life. So that's the thing. And I need to get better about this. So I was talking to a friend today and she was saying how, oh, like you guys are so great with your food. Like you guys do such a great job and you know, like you're perfect or something like that. And I was like, no, no, no. Like we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. It's all about like what works, you know, for you. And so I was telling her like, usually when I'm in a phase of like, I'm trying to figure something out that's going on with myself or another family member just kind of down or struggling with things. Like I just am more off of social media or at least not posting anything, Mm -hmm. but I think I need to get better at sharing the harder times, you know, and, and kind of showing the times where like, Hey, like we're not perfect or, you know, we have weeks where we eat out way too much or whatever it is. Because I never want to be somebody that is like making other people feel badly. And ultimately, that's on you, you know, as the consumer, it's on you of how you allow things to make you feel. But I just like to be really vulnerable and transparent with my stuff. So anyways, the point is, I was falling into that trap of thinking that these other people were living their lives perfectly. And then they finally did post something more real. And it's like, oh, I'm over here beating myself up because I got Chick-fil-A. But now she's admitting like they do Chick-fil-A every Friday or something like, you know, and so it's like, don't allow people who don't know your life. They don't know your schedule. They don't know your kids. They don't know whether you have help with the kids at all or not. You know, like don't let those people dictate what you're doing in your life or you, you see these quote unquote health gurus and you think they have it all figured out. But then eventually they share a story like, oh, they, you know, did the Dutch test or something and and had something that was crazy off and they've been struggling with this for months and trying to figure it out. And it's like, yep. nobody has it all figured out. I can promise you that. If there's anyone you follow that makes you feel like, gosh, they are so healthy, their kids are so healthy, they never have problems. Like, <laughs> that's just, it's, it's a lie. I'm not saying they're the liars. Yeah, it's the social media facade, you know, that we all fall victim to even if you think that you're immune to doing that so and you know it happens in real life too you're not that close with everyone you know to where you know the inner workings you know most people aren't open about their struggles (laughs) unless you're talking about your best friend or something so just an encouragement to not be so hard on yourself and not get down on yourself if you're struggling like I know I've talked before to people about like oh, like the kids have a cold and it's just like so frustrating because (laughs) we try to do everything right and we keep them souped up on healthy foods and we give them elderberry and they get sleep and drink water and like do all the things and then they get a runny nose just like every other kid. And it's like, yeah, kids are going to get a cold. Like that's part of growing. It's part of building your immune system. It's a way that the body detoxes. (laughs) Like it's going to happen. There's literally no avoiding it. Although I will say, um, to counter that, (laughs) (laughs) I had the weirdest experience last night. I had like a cold for like 30 minutes. I, uh, I felt fine going to bed at at night and then like around 1230 or so, I kind of like woke up, 
I was wearing my mouth tape. There's a previous episode about that. <laughs> um, and I like had to sneeze, which is not fun with the mouth tape on. <laughs> um, but like I sneezed and like all of a sudden it was that, you know, one side of my throat, super scratchy, yeah. very sore. We all, all of a have sudden. that, like that first sneeze where you're like, oh crap. Yeah. This was like sneeze to like really bad sore throat. My whole right side of my sinuses, like totally filled up and it blowing my nose. I was like, stomach was nauseous. Like it was just bad. <laughs> it was like, what is happening? Um, and then about 30 minutes later after, you know, going to the restroom and just like blowing my nose again and again and again. And, um, I got back in bed and did a little spray on my throat. And was able to fall back asleep. And in the morning, totally fine. No problems. Slept in linen sheets, I'm just saying. Yeah, it was that has literally never happened to me. It was like I had a full-blown cold for like 30 minutes and then went to sleep and like I feel fine. So that's the first time that's ever happened. Well, um, and I mean... I Super weird. This is literally the counterpoint of what I'm saying. But with our kids, they do get over things. They do. Not every single time, but typically... Yeah colds run through in about 24 hours maybe Especially 48 georgia. hours yes which georgia can get sick and like it's over yep avery's more drawn out typically and there yeah avery had a few more years of not you know where we didn't know things so yeah it shows but anyways the point is that it is worth it to be healthier, obviously. Yeah. You avoid a lot of, of things that are, are not fun. Like even Avery on her last call, she complained about her ears bothering her for the first time ever. Yeah. She has never, never. complained about ears. And so I got my garlic oil. <laughs> you know, I had that, my little tincture of garlic oil in the cabinet. I'm like, holistic, crunchy mom to the rescue. <laughs> I'm doing the ear massages, all this stuff. And like, she was fine. Yeah, we had the uh, the tea tree. It was like a eucalyptus tea tree oil, like rub or whatever. Yeah, it's like, like Vicks, but yeah, not it's like toxic. Vicks, but yeah, exactly. Which was good. Rubbing it on the feet, classic. Yep. That's like old school. So, Anywho, anyways, you want you want to you want to do good things, up. but just don't feel bad if people in your family still get sick because we're all gonna yes, you know, have times like that. So, yes. Yep, and start looking out for malaria next. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> that was our next episode <laughs> no it's not don't get a malaria vaccine yes it's not a viral illness yeah just all those mosquitoes they released with malaria anywho you're gonna get us taken off youtube again oh yeah our last video if we you don't censored. follow on instagram our last video got censored on youtube so if you want to hear the full uncensored uncut version go to like either apple or spotify and listen to it as a podcast the YouTube video had to get cut down a little bit. But I hope you guys found this episode helpful. Just, you know, something that came to mind and thought I'd share. So. All right. Thanks for See watching. See you next time. Bye, guys.